In today's episode, once again, we speak to the amazing Justin Janowski, who has helped hundreds of coaches build their dream businesses from the ground up. Driven by his faith, he founded Faith to Influence to help people learn what it takes to turn coaching into profitable business venture. Justin has helped guide, has got helped and guided Christian and non-Christian coaches alike through the rewarding process of optimizing business models, pricing and sales strategies so they can scale their income alongside their impact. And today we're speaking to Justin about the 10 steps to high integrity sales. Let's find out. Money Mindset with Girl Khan podcast will help you to break free from your limiting beliefs, reverse your money shame and blast through your money blocks so that you can live a life of unlimited abundance. In this podcast, we will talk about energy tools and mindset strategies that will help you to understand and change your relationship with money, whether you're in a job, profession, or working on your passion. Change your relationship with money to change your life. I'm your host, Gul Khan. Let's get started. Welcome, welcome. This is Girl Khan, your money mindset expert. And today I'm so excited. We have the amazing Justin Janowski again in the house. Hopefully I didn't butcher his name again. How are you doing, Justin? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me back. It's funny, I can say your your name offline better than I can do, but every time I do it online, when you press the record button, I end up making, but hey, that's that's the online space for you. Why not? (laughs) Have a laugh and a giggle. Well, anyway, Justin, thank you so much for coming back. We had a fantastic conversation on Friday, uh, um, and I was excited about today's call, but tell us what you do. Everyone's heard the intro, they know how fabulous you are, but tell everybody what it is that you do. Yeah, I help coaches optimize their business models, their pricing and their sales strategies specifically so they can scale their income and their impact. The main thing that I focus on is high integrity, high converting sales strategies for high ticket offers in the coaching space. Fantastic. And so this ties in nicely with today's topic, which is your 10 steps to high integrity sales. Yes. So talk us through, you know, why, why, why is it so important? Why is integrity so important to sales? Well, I know most entrepreneurs, most coaches like get into the business that they're in because they want to help people because they've got this gift, this desire, this passion. Like it's really about this like generous desire to give is what I've seen again and again and again in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. And many of those people who are called to that don't identify as being salespeople. Yeah. And so they think sales is going to be this like pushy, manipulative, greedy, like kind of icky thing that doesn't feel so good. And so it creates a huge mental block for people because they feel like they either have to be the salesperson that sounds horrible. It is not who they've been their whole life or want to be, or they're going to miss out on success. And so what I want to help people understand is that however other people have shown up as salespeople in the marketplace in the past, whatever things that are, are true in so many cases or are shown in the movies or the TV shows or everything else about sales and it being sleazy, that doesn't have to be what it is with us. You know, sales with us can be totally different. I believe sales with me is leadership. Sales with me is fun. Sales with me is love. Even as crazy as that might sound, it can be an expression of helping people get more of what they want, become more of who they want to become. And if we sell the right way, we can create space for people to share and to feel received and seen and heard. And it can be a really wonderful exchange. And I think that if people knew that sales could be fun and easy and loving and leadership filled, and it was just an invitation more than anything else, that they'd probably have less resistance. Therefore, mm-hmm. they'd line up more calls, they'd make more sales, they'd grow their business, they'd help more people. And so this is what we want to help people do. And that's what our 10-step sales process is designed to do. Fantastic. So let's get started with that. So do you, I think you have a PDF that you want to share with us. 
Yes, yes. I'm going to share my screen and I've actually got a slide here, but we can have anybody who wants the PDF to follow along can go to goodsalespdf.com and you can pull up this for free uh, in a different form that you can keep. And we call it our influence structure because to us, it's actually like a great coaching structure just as much as it's a great sales structure. The first piece I want to point out is can I just uh, stop you for there for a second? So yeah. those people who are listening to us on the podcast, uh, yeah. can you repeat the link for you again? But you can also find that you will be able to find that link in the show notes. And uh, obviously, if you're watching this on YouTube, then in the description section, we'll have this link as well. So if you want to follow the, along with this and if you uh, if you are listening to the podcast, um, go to the following link. Can you repeat yeah. the link again, please, Justin? It's goodsalespdf.com. And that's not only going to have this sales process, but it's also going to have some other sales techniques and strategies in there as well. Goodsalespdf.com. Thank you, Justin. So carry on now. Yeah. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to share again and slow down. You know, we talked to our last process. Sometimes <laughs> we like to go fast. I'm excited. This is my topic. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're watching visually, you can see now we've got this teeter-totter kind of expression here at the bottom of do nothing and take action. Mm-hmm. And I just want to remind people that the teeter-totter weighs down on the do-nothing side. Like when we approach a sales conversation or a potential client, especially as like a coach or an entrepreneur or service-based, the most common human nature thing is for people to do nothing. It's to remain mm. the same, it's to remain comfortable. It feels safe. Even if we don't like our current situation, the comfort of doing nothing feels safer than taking action, which feels big and scary. And so we really want to have a thoughtful process that asks questions and puts the attention on the other person in the sales conversation so that they can uncover the leverage they already have to overcome the human nature of being comfortable and to instead choose to behave differently, to take action and to get a different result. And so I'll, I'll, I'll share on the screen the first three steps and then I'll, I'll unshare the screen and talk about them a little bit. Mm-hmm. The first step to the sales process is to get into a peak emotional state. The second step is to get into rapport. And the third step is to pre-frame the conversation. Mm-hmm. These form what I would call the opening of the sales conversation. Peak emotional state, rapport, and pre-frame. So your emotional state is about how you feel. And I think this is common sense, but the better we feel, the better results we get. If we walk into a sales conversation feeling really good, we're much more likely to make a sale than if we walk in feeling really crummy. Mm -hmm. Uh, And our emotions are really contagious as well. And so if you don't believe me, like go watch a movie. And when people are crying, you might cry or you feel emotional. People are laughing, you start laughing. Um, It's true in, in real life as well. And so if we show up in a great peak emotional state, we feel really good. The other person's going to feel good. If I feel confident on a sales call, the other person's going to feel a little bit more confident, which is a great state for them to be in and making a big decision. Mm-hmm. On the other hand, if I walk in and I'm feeling scared, I have a lot of self-doubt, I'm nervous about the sales call, that might rub off on the other person too. And if they feel a little bit of fear, a little bit of self-doubt, a little bit of nervousness, they're probably not going to feel so good about moving forward and making a big decision. And so to get into a peak emotional state, there's really two steps. One is identify what are the three emotions you feel when you're at your very best. For me, I feel confident, loving, and peaceful when I'm at my best. And so then the second question becomes, what can I do to feel those things? If mm-hmm. I have three, five minutes right now and I need to feel those emotions, what's the pre-call ritual that could get me there? And so for me, it might be standing up. It might be praying. It might be deep breaths. It might be affirmations. Um, those things are going to make me feel good. For some people, they might play a favorite song. They might do some push-ups. They might move around the room a little bit or chug some water or slap their face a little bit, just get some energy in their cheeks. 
It could be a number of different things. You could meditate and sit down and slow down. Mm. Uh, it's going to be a different equation for each person, but we want to get into that peak emotional state. So we feel good before we begin the call. And then the second, very, step, that, that would raise, yeah. energetically, that would raise your vibration. So when you're yes. in a better vibration, you attract more um, opportunities and abundance to yourself. So it yes. helps you in that regard as well. Yes, 100%. That's a great point. And so then the second point is to, or the second idea is to move into rapport when the call begins. Mm. I don't want to waste too much time here. I don't want to spend 10, 15, 20 minutes small talking with somebody. I know that time with me is valuable and I know that their time is valuable. And so I'm going to ask a few questions. I'm going to take like 30 to 90 seconds and get into rapport pretty quickly, asking about how their day has been going, what they've been up to, like something like that maybe. And then they're going to maybe return a question. I'll give an answer and I'll kind of transition to the preframe by saying, I'm excited to be talking to you. And then I'll preframe the conversation, which we'll get to in just a second. So rapport for me isn't about filling time. I'm going to build a relationship over the course of the conversation, yep. <laughs> over the course of our time together. But for me in rapport, I want to pay attention to what we talked about on Friday, which was mm -hmm. the connectivity. Mm -hmm. How does this person communicate? And I want to communicate in a voice that they can easily receive. So mm -hmm. I want to pay attention to their volume, their pace of communication, their emotion and how they're feeling. I don't want to meet them where they're at. And then I can pace and lead over the conversation, the transition to maybe a higher vibration if they're in a low one. But if I'm like, hey, how are you doing? And they're like, oh, I've just had the hardest, most frustrating day. I've been back to back. I haven't had a chance to breathe. I'm gonna be like, oh, had days like that. Let me ask you a question. Is this still a good time for us to have this call? I'm going to give them an out. I'm happy to reschedule. I want to meet with them when they're feeling good. And if they're like, no, this is still good. I'm like, awesome. Do you want just like five minutes? I can wait if you want to just like take a few breaths, walk around the house, use the bathroom and come back. I, I want to meet them emotionally where they're at um, and, and give them space there. I think that that builds a lot of rapport more than almost anything else. But on the other hand, like if they're like, oh, my day's been amazing. And maybe I've had that tough day when they ask me, like, this isn't necessarily the time where I'm going to like authentically break down and share my tough day to the stranger who I'm supposed to be making a sale with. I'm instead going to be like, oh my gosh, I love days like that. I'm so excited for you. I'm glad that we're connecting today. Mm -hmm. And that's going to be where I meet them in that energy and that emotion. And then I'm going to transition to the preframe. And I think the leader of the conversation is the one who sets the structure. And it, we're doing this wrong if our prospect says, okay, so what are we here for today? And has to like ask us mm -hmm. to take the next step. We want to be the one to transition. And so the way I set a preframe is to say something like, hey, John, thanks so much for taking the time to connect with me today. I want to make the best use of your time and mine. So I just like to lay out a simple structure for this call. Would that be all right? Yes. Cool. The reason we're talking is Gold tells me you're a great coach and a great leader. And I work with coaches to help them optimize their business models, pricing, and sales strategies so they can scale their income and scale their impact. My outcome on a call like this today is to get to know you better and to discover whether or not it's a fit for us to work together. And the way I'd like to get to that outcome is by asking you some questions about where you're at in your business right now, what your vision for the future is, and some of the challenges that you're facing. From there, I'll give you some perspective based on what I hear that I'm sure can help today. And if it seems like a good fit, I'll explain more specifically how I work with my clients so that you and I can decide either to work together or not work together. And either way is fine. Does that sound good? Now, there's a few other examples of how I might give that preframe, and those are in the PDF as well. There's much more casual versions of that. But the key is I'm laying out a structure of what's going to happen, why we're mm -hmm. talking, showing them that I'm a professional and I have a plan, and I'm asking for consent to sell. Does that sound good? I'm telling them we're going to make a decision. Are they okay with that? Yes. Now I can move forward with more ease. That's the opening of the call. Fantastic. So this is the, fir this is the first three steps. Okay, so let's go yeah. to steps four and uh, beyond. Yes. So 
sharing my screen here again for those who can view this. Mm -hmm. the, the fourth step I'm actually going to skip. I've got a little bit more information here on the, the preframe. But the fourth step I'm going to skip because it doesn't happen very often. It's a mid-call objection. It's if somebody says, I say, that sounds good. And they're like, ah, well, I don't know. I don't know if I have time for that. Or they're they're asking about like, how much does it cost? Or something like that kind of out mm -hmm. of order. Mm -hmm. um, how I would respond to that. It just doesn't happen on most calls. If we've got a good, strong preframe, we're typically going to go straight from step three to five, which is discovery. Okay. But if you want mid-call objections, check that out in the PDF on how to handle those. Discovery, though, when I say, does that sound good at the end of the preframe? They're like, yeah, that sounds great. I'm going to say, okay, tell me about your business. And discovery is all about questions about the present and what's going on in their business or their life or their marriage or whatever you coach people on. What's happening right now? And it's about the past. Like, where did that come from? How long has that been going on, et cetera? And the heart of the call is also going to include vision, which is step six, and the gap, which is step seven. So I'll unshare here for a second. But the heart of the call after the opening is really discovery, vision, and the gap. So discovery is questions about the present past. We want to be curious. Mm -hmm. Tell me more about that. How long has that been going on? How did that make you feel, et cetera? Like those, those layers of depth and why and curiosity creates a lot of leverage for people to take action. And then in vision, we want to ask questions about the future. Like, what do you really want your business to look like? How much income would you like to be earning? Or what would you like your marriage to be like? What emotional experience do you want to have on a more regular basis? Whatever we help people with, like we want to help them paint that picture by asking great questions. Again, this is how people feel received and heard and understood. And they just feel valued by us asking questions and really caring about them. And then the seventh step in the heart here is the gap which is finding out like, what's the problem? What's the challenge? What stands in the way of them fulfilling that vision? And so I'll ask it just like that. What do you think is the biggest challenge that's preventing you from fulfilling that vision? And I want to like really narrow in on that with them. And they might have it, they might know it, or they might need a little bit of support, a little bit of help here. If I'm asking a sales rep, like what the biggest challenge is that's preventing them from hitting their goal. And they're like, oh, it's my territory or nobody in my area buys coaching or nobody in my area buys this. That's just an excuse. And it's mm -hmm. a story. It's not true. So I might just say, okay, interesting. What else do you think is holding you back? And I just might move on and ask again until I find the truth here with them. And if we can help them identify where they're at right now, where they want to go, and what problem they need to solve to bridge that gap, whether they work with us or not, we've already given them a great gift. So that's really yeah. the heart of the sales call there. And that's where we're really going to build a relationship as well by the nature of the questions we're asking them. And they'll experience what it's like to be coached by us and to be just kind of seen and understood and like have somebody like really care to ask deeper questions that people aren't normally asked. I hope you are enjoying today's episode. If you want to learn more about my mindset strategies and energy tools to help you change your money mindset, then please register for my Abundance Mindset Makeover Workshop by visiting www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com. See you inside the workshop. Um, let me ask you a few questions here. So if we, and I'm just playing the devil's advocate, I know, I know what you're going to say, but I, I think some people who have not been through the process will probably be thinking, well, well, you know, what if they don't respond or, or they say, oh, I'm not really sure what's holding me back. I, you know, I just, I, I really, you know, I don't know. I'm doing everything I've been told. I've, I've followed a number of, because now I think the market's literally saturated. There's a, there's a number of coaches out there well, i'm not going to say any names but they are not the charlatans i think they don't know they you know one hit wonder or were really really well when you know facebook ads were easy easy to convert um yeah. and you could throw money at it and, and make money and they're like oh make so much money and the why i'm, I'm xyz person 
and they don't really know what they're doing now right. when the market's sophisticated and it and, and it requires a lot more thought and process and as, as you say, integrity, right? Mm-hmm. So they can't work with integrity. So they've probably been burnt by them. And I, I know I have in the past. Mm-hmm. So the question would be, I don't know. I you know, I followed this coach and told me to do X ones that I did everything they told me to do, and I'm still not getting anywhere. I still can't get clients, and I just don't know how to, you know, move ahead. And you know, I, I've done everything I possibly can. I'm spending all this time and I've spent, you know, put all my savings part of this. How do you respond to that saying when people say, I have no idea, I've done everything I was told? Mm, that's a great question. So there's a few different things. For one, if somebody, if I were to be like, okay, well, what do you think's holding you back? And they're like, I just don't know. Like if there's no story, they're just like, I just don't know. Um, something that one of my mentors, Jake Merriman used to say is when they said, I don't know, he'd say, well, what if you did know? what would it be? Mm. And you might be surprised. This sounds so funny, but people will always answer that question. And so, so many times I've responded like that when they're like, maybe it's a vision question. What do you really want? They're like, I don't know what I want. Mm. What if you didn't know? What would it be? People will answer the second question. Now there's like a little shift in your tone. There's a slowing down. There's a little bit of intensity, but it's kind of a soft intensity. And like people will receive that question differently than the first time it was asked. And they will answer it almost every time, the second time. So it's this funny little thing that people do. But another way to handle that is if they started telling more of a story like you're talking about. And they're like, well, I don't know. I've done everything I was told to do. Okay, interesting. What have you done that you were told to do? Okay, I'm taking notes. Tell me more about that. What else have you done? How did you do that? How many times did you do that? How long did you do that? I'm going to investigate. I'm going to ask questions. If I'm a great coach and a leader, I'm going to see the problem. So maybe you can't see it. And I'm like, oh, so you held three sales calls and it didn't work. This is about repetition, my mm-hmm. friend. Like it, this is a repetition issue. I remember holding my first hundred sales calls in high ticket sales and not getting exceptional results and like feeling really beaten up and having a hard time with it. And it was like call number 101, all of a sudden it's stuck. You'll be so much better after your 30th call than you were after your third. Mm-hmm. You'll be so much better after your hundredth. You know, oftentimes we just need the repetition to reach mastery, like it sounds to me like maybe you're giving up on the strategy too soon. Or, wow, they told you to do that? I don't think that's the right strategy. Have you ever considered doing this? And I might be able to give them some perspective here. And so if they're my client, if they're going to be my client, it's a fit here. Mm -hmm. I'm sure that if I ask them to clarify what they think they've done and why they think they don't have a problem, I will see the problem. And they probably just have a blind spot where they're not totally telling the truth. And with a few more bold questions, they'll tell the truth. And I'm not going to be like challenge forceful here, but if I softly and lovingly, but also powerfully ask them the bold questions to get the truth, I'll find the truth. And they'll realize that they needed to speak that truth too. Fantastic. Wonderful. Okay. So what's the next step? Cool. So now we're going to move into kind of the closing steps of the call. We've gotten through the, the opening in the heart steps, eight, nine, and 10 are the remaining steps. Step eight is potential futures. Mm -hmm. Step nine is commitment. And step 10 is what I call the six O's of closing. The potential futures step is interesting. You know, we've gotten the problem. Mm -hmm. And instead of just like jumping to some, so many people want to jump to solve the problem. Um, And I'm, I'm sure there's some men around the world who've made this mistake with their wives. I know I have like my wife's halfway through telling me a problem. I'm already coming out with the solution and I'm completely wrong. And I don't understand what the problem even is yet. I haven't spent enough time with it. I'm not creating the space for the problem. And so uh, this is something that is important for us is not to rush into solving the problem prematurely. And in fact, remembering that 
diagram we had of doing nothing versus taking action, people oftentimes already know what they need to do to solve the problem and they haven't yet solved it. Why? They don't have enough leverage yet to act. And so these next steps are about helping them uncover the leverage that already exists inside of them to make a change, to behave differently, to do something new, to take action. And so that's what Potential Futures is about. It's about saying, okay, if your biggest problem is a fear of sales, I might run into that when I'm talking to somebody. Then my question for you is this, what's going to happen if you don't solve that problem? Mm. Or I might ask, how long have you dealt with that problem? Five years? What would the consequence be of five more years fearing sales every day? Yeah. And then what would happen? And how would that affect your income? And how would that affect your family? Yeah. What else would happen because of that? This sounds pretty important. Now, on the flip side of that, what would happen if you conquered this one thing? If you saw this one problem, if all of a sudden sales didn't feel scary anymore, it felt fun. What would be possible for you in your business then? Yeah. And then what? What else? And what would you do with that additional income? And who else would that affect besides you? Yeah. And how would that feel? Yeah, that sounds really nice. That's potential futures. It's not telling them what's going to happen if they don't solve the problem. That's a totally different thing. But asking the question of what's going to happen if they don't solve this problem and what's going to happen if they do. And there's a lot of opportunity there for people to find their own leverage and speak the truth to themselves. They've been buried. Mm -hmm. They've been like hiding from this problem, acting like it's going to be okay if they don't solve it. But it isn't okay. And a part of them knows that. And so we need to ask that question and give them that gift. And then step nine, it transitions into really nicely, which is commitment. And that's where we say, how committed then are you to solving this problem? And you're going to get a couple of things here. Like either they're going to be like, I'm committed. Like I need to do this. Okay, cool. That's somebody we can work with. Or maybe they're like, ah, not really, not really that committed. It means we probably didn't have the right prospect. We probably didn't hold a very good call if there's no leverage or commitment, but that's just not our client. We don't need to make an offer to that person. Okay, cool. Reach out if you want to change your mind in the future. I'd help be happy to help you solve that problem. No reason to go into an offer with a person who's not committed to solving the problem. But the third thing that can happen a lot is somebody's kind of committed, but it's usually because of a fear of what commitment means. Mm. Uh, maybe a fear that they committed in the past or they tried before and they couldn't get the results. So why is now going to be any different? And so it's like a self-doubt almost. Um, and so if they're like, I don't know, I'm kind, I want to, but I'm not sure. I'm just going to say, I totally get it. Commitment's hard. It's scary sometimes. But let me ask you this. If you had all the coaching, all the training, all the community support, encouragement, tools, resources, everything you needed to solve this problem, would you be willing to do your part? Yes, that's good enough for me. That's committed. Like that's helping the person who's in the middle be like, yeah, I'll do my part. I'm, I'm willing to do the work. That's good enough. And then I've got one step here, like a little bonus step. I call it step nine and three quarters, which is a Harry Potter reference. <laughs> you know, platform nine and three quarters. Yes, I do. Yeah. <laughs> How can I not? I, I, I had my, you know, I, I, when Harry Potter was a big rage, my daughter was a baby. Yeah. <laughs> we watched all the movies and everything. So yeah, we are oh, yeah, big Harry us. Potter fans. Yeah. That's me too. So step nine and three quarters between commitment and the, the closing is to insert a statement of certainty. So they've just said they're committed to solving the problem. As long as it's true, I want to give them a statement of certainty to tell them I'm confident that we can do this together. Mm. And so it might be to say, like, awesome. If you're committed, I'm really confident I can help you. Okay. Are you ready to hear how I work with my clients? I'm going to ask for consent one more time and move into the offer. So that statement of certainty and then consent. Are you ready to hear how I work with my clients? And then I'm moving into step 10, which is where I'm going to make my offer. And we're going to respond to objections. And there's a lot of scenarios here. I'm not going to teach canned objection handling lines. I don't think those are effective at all. I don't think that it should feel like a battle. I don't think we should be surprised when there's an objection. I think we should welcome an objection. Um, Jake, who I mentioned before, one of my mentors used to say, 
the amateur receives an objection and they panic. But the master receives an objection to say, ah, to be expected. Mm. Uh, and they just, they, they handle it as, as just the next step in the process. We should remain calm, remain confident, remain curious. And so if somebody objects, I'm going to say, I totally get it. It is a big investment. Tell me more about that. And, and then like, I'm going to see where it goes. I'm going to get curious. I'm going to ask questions. I'm going to remain calm. And then maybe there's another solution I should present, or maybe I need to help them take ownership. Maybe I need to ask them some of the tough questions or bring up some of the conversation we had earlier. Like, and I'm not trying to pin them in here, but I'm trying to have a real, honest, full, true conversation with them. Like, hey, I totally get it. It is a big investment. And you also told me earlier that if you didn't solve this problem, this was going to happen. You were going to go out of business within three months. Are you willing to, like, if you knew you could solve this problem, are you willing to make a big investment to keep this dream alive? Like, that's ownership. That's truth. It's like not pretending that not solving this problem is going to be okay in three months when they Mm -hmm. told me that it's not. Um, but there's other ways to handle like ownership as well. Somebody's like, oh, I really want to talk to my spouse. Totally get it. Mm. I would talk to my spouse about a decision like this too. It's a big decision. Let me ask you this question though. Have you made your decision for you yet? If he says, whatever you think, babe, I trust you. Do you know what you want to do? Mm. Oh yeah, I'm in. Okay, great. That's going to help them have a better conversation with their spouse versus, oh, I'm not sure, which means they have a different objection. Mm. And so I want to find that. I might might present different solutions. My job is to make it easy for the right people to say yes. And I want to end every single call with yes, no, or the next call booked. Mm. So if ideally they're yes, they're in, awesome, let's move forward. If they're no, I'm okay with that also. I'm going to let people go lovingly as long as I love and respect them, whether they buy or not, they'll love and respect me, whether they buy or not. Um, But if they want to think about it, I'm okay with that. But I'm going to line up the next call. Cool. Like how long do you need to think about it? Do you need a day, a couple of days? Can we line up a call this week, a 15-minute call, just to make the decision together on either Thursday or Friday? I can answer any final questions you have. Yes, cool. Let's line it up. I don't want any awkward follow-up. I don't want to send them a message when I haven't heard from them and then wonder, should I message them again? It's almost like this like weird dating thing that's going on. And they're mm-hmm. ghosting me and who has the power? And did they give my message? Should I send them another way? I don't want any of that. I don't want any of that. I'm going to line up the next call within a few days for them to make their decision. And we're going to both know that that's what that calls for mm-hmm. and we're going to get a solution one way or another. So there's a lot of nuance to closing and handling objections. We could talk about it for hours, but I'll leave the audience with that for today. Oh, that's fantastic. So can you just to sum this up now to, to wrap this episode up, just quickly run through all the 10 steps. Yes. And again, if you want to, if you want to own these 10 steps, goodsalespdf.com. You can grab them there. The first step is to get into a great pre-call emotional state. Make sure that you're feeling good with a pre-call ritual before you begin. Then we get into rapport briefly, connecting with their emotion and the way they communicate so we can mirror match a little bit, meet them where they're at. Then we set the pre-frame. Here's the structure of the call and what we're going to do today. We're going to make a decision on this call. Does that sound good? Yes. Then we're going to typically move straight into discovery, questions about the present and the past and what got them to where they're at today. Then questions about their vision. What do they really want? What are their goals for the future? What's important to them? And then the gap. What's the challenge that stands between where they're at in discovery and where they really want to go in the vision of what they would like their life or their business to look like? If we can discover what that problem is, the question becomes in potential futures, what's going to happen if they don't solve that problem? And what's going to happen if they do solve that problem? A lot of leverage is developed in this step. And then we're going to move into commitment. How committed then are you to solving this problem? And step nine and three quarters, we're going to give a statement of certainty if it's true and ask for consent to sell once more. Awesome. If you're committed, I'm really confident I can help. 
Are you ready to hear how I work with my clients? Yes, cool. We're going to make our offer. We're going to share the price. We're going to ask them if they want to buy. And then if there's questions, concerns, objections, we're going to remain curious. We're going to ask questions. We're going to validate how they feel. And we're going to try to find a solution that makes it feel really good for us both to move forward together. Win, win, or no deal. And if we can't find that solution right now, or they need a little bit of time to think, pray, talk to a spouse, I'm going to make sure I end that call with either yes, no, or the next call booked within a few days so that we can get on Zoom together again. I can answer any final questions and there's a deadline for them to make that decision. Wonderful. So tell us, Justin, how can we connect with you? Where can you find you on the internet? Yes, you can find me on almost any social media, Justin Janowski, or you can, again, download that PDF. And if you do that, we'll get on our email list. You'll get our podcast. You'll get our weekly newsletter. You'll get all of our content. That's a great way to stay connected as well. Wonderful. So if you are listening to us on the podcast, the link for Justin will be in the show notes. And if you're watching on YouTube, then down below in the description section, we'll have the links for Justin to do check him out and see how he can help improve your sales, um, your sales process or your sales calls and how he can help you scale up your business. But for today, thank you so much for such an insightful conversation. I think this is probably one of the few episodes where I've spoken the least about. I'm normally interjecting so much, but it was just fabulous. Um, you gave so much away in this in this episode that I didn't want to just you know, interrupt you or disturb you too much. So thank you so much. It's been a very insightful episode. Thank you. Thank you for giving me the space to teach and share. This was fun. Wonderful. And thank you for listening to me and Justin today. I will be back on another Wednesday Money Talkies, finding out how you and I can build a better business. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now. If you want to learn more about my energy tools and mindset strategies, then please visit my website www.gulkhan.com and if you want to take part in our five-day abundance mindset makeover workshop where I deep dive into energy tools for abundance then please go to www.abundancemindsetmakeover.com and register. I look forward to being your mentor in the next workshop and if you want to learn about the spiritual laws of money then go and get my book Laws of Money from www.lawsofmoney.com. Until the next time we meet, this is Girl Khan signing off. Take care and bye for now.